Welcome to the BizTimes MKE podcast and our weekly debrief. I'm BizTimes associate editor, Arthur Thomas. This week's episode serves a bit of a preview for our July 19th issue. We'll be talking with real estate reporter Alex Zenk about his cover story on the connections the Couture Project is making in downtown Milwaukee, plus his real estate spotlight on the recovery of the office market. This issue is packed with other great stories as well. It is our mid-year economic report, and so it includes updates on the labor market, supply chains, healthcare, and the entertainment scene in southeastern Wisconsin. We also feature a diversity and inclusion special report where associate editor Lauren Anderson takes a look at how well companies are following through on some of the racial and social justice commitments they made in 2020. Keep an eye out for another podcast on D&I related issues in the near future. Also ahead of our annual M&A forum, which takes place on July 21st at the Brookfield Conference Center. We have a preview of the event with some of our panelists discussing things to consider when you consider selling your business. Plus an interview with the CEO of Wauwatosa-based Zywave, which has been regularly acquiring companies in recent months as it works to become a breakout star in the insure tech space. These stories and more are all available to our BizTimes insiders if you're already an insider, thank you for your support, and we hope you enjoy these stories. If you're not an insider, please consider subscribing. The support of our insiders helps make our journalism possible. And as a locally owned source of business news for Southeastern Wisconsin, we're grateful for the trust and support our readers give us. With that, Alex, how are you doing today? Arthur, I am doing fantastic, and I'm glad to be here once again. Well, I appreciate you taking the time. Let's dive into your cover story on the Couture. The headline we have on this is the missing piece. Um, why, why is the Couture the missing piece for downtown Milwaukee and the lakefront? Uh, well, quite simply, there were a lot of things waiting for or riding on the Couture to happen first. Um, so it sort of triggers a lot of other things uh, that could happen in, in the near future that involves the real estate kind of surrounding the couture itself, as well as some, you know, major transit projects, because this is a transit oriented development. So one example is that of that is the Lakefront Gateway Plaza project that's been in the works for, you know, six or seven years or so. Um, it is going to be a public plaza uh, to kind of attract people to the, to the lakefront. And the important thing about that is that there will be a pedestrian bridge connection to this plaza area from the Couture site. Um, although the details of that are still being worked out. Um, to the south of that is the Milwaukee Gateway site. And that is owned by Wisconsin DOT right now. It's being pitched as an office development site. Specifically, I think they would ideally like to develop some kind of corporate office tower there and land a corporate tenant to go there. Um, but both of those projects were kind of like waiting in the wings just to see when the couture uh, would break ground, if it was going to break ground. Everyone I talked to, by the way, said that they were always confident that couture would happen at some point. Um, besides that, you know, this the, the hop, the city streetcar has a lakefront line extension that's been kind of just waiting. They've got the tracks almost fully installed. They're waiting to make that loop into the future uh, transit concourse that the tour is gonna have on the ground floor. Uh, the BRT, kind of the same story, that just broke ground um, 
earlier this summer. So it's not like they're waiting on operating the BRT until the tour is up and running. Um, in fact, I was told by the county that they would have a, a temporary stop while the tour is under construction. Um, since it's not fixed rail, they'll be just, you know, kind of stopping at that general intersection until, you know, they're ready for the buses to move in and out of that place. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's also the hope of even more development beyond that. You know, there are plenty of sites in the third ward, especially the the Northeast area that are parking lots that, you know, have some development potential and they, they think there could be some spillover there. Yeah, it's just amazing how, I mean, especially with this project, the Couture, you know, originally announced back in 2012, right? Um, you know, it kind of got incorporated into a lot of the plans that have developed over the, you know, the following years. And so a lot of people were kind of waiting on this thing to move forward um, to really, or to have just a definitive answer on whether it was going to or not to influence what, uh, what would happen. Um, as you kind of talked to me, you talked to a lot of people for this story. Um, what sense did you get from people about, you know, the, what the, the groundbreaking means now that it's finally happened, you know, uh, dirt is being moved. Um, our editor, Andrew Weiland is, is fond of driving mm-hmm. by and, and seeing what progress is happening. <laughs> right. Um, you know, what did you, what sense did you get from people in terms of what, what now that this is moving forward? Uh, was there a lot of confidence and, and that all these other things can happen now too? Right. Yeah, that's exactly it. Um, like I had, said just a moment ago, at least a few of the people I talked to, they they said they were reassured the whole time that Barrett Lowe Visionary Development was going to be able to pull this off, bring it to, you know, the point that we are today breaking ground. It just took a lot longer than people had hoped and expected. And there are various reasons for that, uh, which I just really briefly touched on in the cover story itself, because that, you know, is a pretty well-known story at this point, at least by a lot of people, especially in real estate. Um, but yeah, it's just, you know, that's the that's the reason the headline I was told by a few different people, you know, that metaphor of a missing puzzle piece. And there's other ones like, you know, the glue that's going to hold it all together and things like that. You know, there are a few of those, but that's exactly how people were describing it. And they also thought of this, the Couture project as um, a landmark that might put the Milwaukee on the map of, uh, of others, whether it be a national developer or some national investors that wouldn't think much about investing in Milwaukee or even considering doing something in Milwaukee. Um, as I was reading through the story, you know, there's the Couture is such a, a well-known project in southeastern Wisconsin in the Milwaukee area. We've right. got you know eight plus years of of hearing about it, um, but you know, there I still thought there were lots of kind of interesting details that I hadn't heard before. Uh, maybe some folks had, but. What stood out to you? What was interesting as you were reporting this? What details did you learn um, about the project that you didn't know uh, going into the story? Right. Uh, a couple of things struck me. The first one would be just the the number of players involved to really help get this to the point of this day with starting construction. Um, you know, financing a project can be tricky. Um, financing a $188 million luxury apartment tower on downtown Milwaukee is another animal entirely, uh, just because that doesn't happen every day here, whereas it might, you know, be much more common in a larger metro area, especially like, you know, Chicago or New York. Anyway, uh, one of those um, key players uh, was the AFL-CIO Housing Investment Trust. Now, they have a history of working with uh, Rick Barrett of um, Barrett Lowe on the, the Modern. They were involved in that as well. And 
they told me once they saw the site of the tour uh, that they, they wanted to uh, get in on this one as well. Um, what, what their role is uh, formally is that they, they purchased the, the main uh, financing. It was a loan uh, underwritten by JL, JLL Real Estate and backed by the uh, U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development. Uh, they purchased that as soon as HUD closed on the, the, the guarantee on that loan. So they took that over right away. But they also had more of a behind the scenes kind of uh, role in getting this project moving forward. Um, part of that is just bringing legitimacy to it. If their name's behind it, it shows they've got like a big time investor involved. Also, they, I was told that they wrote um, dozens, a couple dozen, I believe, uh, letters of interest uh, to various parties involved, whether it's local officials or federal officials or um, anyone else that might be considering the project in some fashion or another, um, just to you know add that legitimacy to the project. Another thing that uh, stuck out to me is, and it's just funny how something that you you might not think is has any role in another event happening. Uh, in this case, it was the role that 777, that's Northwestern Mutual's luxury apartment tower they built in recent years, what role they actually, that actually had indirectly in, in getting the tour moving forward. I talked to you know uh, some folks that were trying to round up national investors on this from, from R.W. Baird, and they had mentioned that 777 was the one luxury apartment tower built in recent years uh, that they could point to is showing a history of success because that, because that project was so successful. I think it filled up pretty quickly and it's still above 90%, I think around 95% or even more um, occupied that, it, you know, it showed that something like that can have success in downtown Milwaukee. And, you know, that's basically what the couture is to, uh, you know, an apartment high rise, residential high rise. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned 777 and we've got, you know, a number of other um, right. downtown housing uh, projects that have been announced or underway or in various stages um, recently. Uh, so you have kind of a, a sidebar to the, the main cover um, that, that focuses on the downtown housing piece. Um, what should readers look for in that? Right. And that's an idea that I've had for some time I wanted to really uh, dig into is answering the question that I'm sure a lot of people had on their minds when they read about apartment project after apartment project is a, uh, can Milwaukee support all these new apartment projects coming online? And B, not only that, does Milwaukee need multiple luxury apartment towers uh, downtown? Uh, you, the answer to that, you know, when I was talking to multiple people for the, that sidebar story is yes. Uh, what, what the folks at Coastar Group pointed out to me is, is that um, the multifamily market in the Milwaukee area is performing quite well relative to others. Uh, I think it's got the lowest um, vacancy rates. Uh, again, the multifamily market in Milwaukee's lowest vacancy rates in the Midwest and one of the lowest across the entire country. So it just shows that there's definitely an appetite uh, for that, that kind of housing. And then again, they would they pointed to the excuse me. They pointed to the success of 777, uh, you know, just to show that yeah, we we certainly could use that kind of um, apartment type here. Mm-hmm. And you know, there's evidence of that not only the tour, but uh, Newland is building the Ascent apartment tower also downtown. 
Uh, and then you've also got Heinz in its planning. It is planning its uh, 32 story luxury apartment tower in the third ward. So there's more to come. Yeah, definitely. Folks can dig into some of the details um, that CoStar shared with you in that story. Uh, and then a third one you had, we kept you busy this issue. Yes. Um, a real estate spotlight um, focused on office space and how that's kind of uh, rebounding, it seems. So maybe we're not all going to work from home forever um, post-pandemic, but what did you learn in, in uh, digging into the office market? Right. Um, I guess the number one thing is that, you know, office space is not dead. A lot of companies at the very least, uh, not all, but a lot still see a very important need for office space. Even after the pandemic that showed that a lot of these office workers could still um, be productive working remotely, working at home primarily. Um, but there was a recent survey by Milwaukee downtown bid that showed uh, that workers were coming back to the downtown area at a, at a slightly faster rate than a lot of other metro areas uh, in the U.S. But also, you know, I spoke with um, Jenna McGuire, a uh, broker at Founders 3, who I think she gave me, she said that uh, there's definitely a pickup in activity and interest from tenants. Uh, but the example that she gave that I found very interesting and striking is that, you know, she can kind of gauge or take the temperature of the office market based on the number of tours that she's giving on a Friday afternoon during the summer, because, you know, who's doing tours at that time. She said she's had several tours the last several Fridays. So to her that, you know, that's indicative of a, of a strong market. And, you know, that's certainly what I've heard from other brokers that I've spoken with and other, you know, um, industry officials. We just had a, a, quite a few uh, new lease deals announced three of them actually uh, in late June in the same week. And that include the church mutual deal, which was a, a pretty significant one. You know, they're based in uh, Merrill, Wisconsin. They want to open a Milwaukee office. So they're leasing, I think it's 10,000 square feet in 833 East. Um, that's not just some tucked away corner of the office market, you know, that's making a statement. So, you know, there's still, there's still activity going on and it sounds like it's on the up and up. Sounds good. Well, folks can check out your cover story, the sidebar on the downtown housing market, your real estate spotlight, plus uh, so much other coverage that we have in this upcoming issue that's out on Monday, July 19th. Alex Zank, thanks for joining me on the BizTimes MKE podcast. And thank you, Arthur.